Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Well, hey everyone, welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast Thursday edition, continuing our series over the Great Commission, over sharing our faith. And I'm excited this week to get into some practical evangelism strategies, some maybe less archaic ones, as Russell said in our first uh, episode in this series. And speaking of Russell, uh, I am joined this week by the fantastic lead pastor of Mission City Church, Russell Schultz. Russell, how are you today? Is any You're done with moving, uh, finally got that all out of the way, and you're feeling great. Uh, yeah, now we're unpacking, which is, I guess, much better than moving. But uh, yeah, we we did it. So shout out to my wife and great community of friends that have helped us out. So it's great. Wonderful. Well, hey, we've got uh, I've got two two games for us to play today. I'm calling them games. Two bits. Two humorous activities to get the people going and interested in this episode. I don't know if that's going to work or not. We're going to do a slight variation to last week's definition redefining Christianese. Yeah, we're going to do a slight change to that, and then we've got a new game. So first off, uh, I've got three three different phrases here that I think, one, uh, this is how we're going to do this. We're going to start out by giving a definition as if we had never been in church if I was, uh, you know, totally uh, not affiliated with any of the Christian jargon of the Christianese, what would I think that this means? And then we'll give it a definition and a new a new way to say it. I think that's going to be a better than just us trying to, uh, you know, give the Christian definition and things like we did last week. Okay. All right. Let's go for it. Awesome. First one. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray a hedge of protection around you. I don't know why I just that was almost like an attempt at a southern accent. It just barely, just like five percent. Five percent. In my mind, I think you only hear that in Southern Baptist churches. I don't know why, but but have you? Well, you coming from the South, have you heard that phrase before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lord Jesus, I just pray a hedge of protection. There it is. Around. There it is. That's what I was looking Lord, for. Lord Jesus, just give us a hedge of protection as we we we, we travel. Just give us tra- it's uh, a travel hedge of pr- mercies. Travel travel mercies, baby. Travel mercies. Wonderful. So, uh, okay. I'm a non-believer. I hear hedge of protection. I've never been in church. I hear hedge of protection. I'm like, do these crazy people literally think that they can walk around with some invisible force field of green shrubbery around them that's going to protect them from whatever's going on in the world? Yeah, I guess so. You know, I think about when I hear, anytime I hear the word hedge, hedges, I think about the football between the hedges in Athens, Georgia. Oh, wow. Go dogs. Yeah. Which, you know what? Because, you know, there's a hedge of protection around that football field. That, is that what it is? Is that it's, what it is? It's blessed. Although Auburn has the same thing and they're not as great. So so what is a hedge of protection? I, a lot of people, maybe if you're listening to this, if you're maybe of the younger crowd, you maybe have never heard of this or if you've never been to the South or, you know, uh, stained glass kind of church. But what's a hedge of protection? I think they're just asking for like, God's provision or like safety, like as they are doing something. So if I I think if you're, uh, if you believe in the kind of like the spiritual side of things, 
they're like asking for angels to protect them or the Holy Spirit or God to protect them in whatever action that they're doing. Yeah, so I once, I think I heard a comedian use this as like a joke, as, as a bit, and I think he raises a great question that if we were actually praying for protection, why a hedge? Can we get a wall or at least like a fence, something that's a little bit you know stronger, sturdier than just some some bushes? Yeah, that would be helpful. Yep. You know, yep. yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay, so we're just asking that God offers protection when we say a hedge of protection. Uh, moving on, let's go to the next one. Uh, praying that 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 God would be a, a a light to my path. God would be a light to my path, like like the spiritual flashlight is going to come on in front of me as I walk through a dark path. That's how I hear it anyway. As if I put my uh, you know, non-churched ears on, that just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it's like really dark out there. And, right. Uh, I need some. I need some light. Yeah. Although I do love that imagery, though. You know, like the world is hard and dark. I'm, I, I, I know that you're making you're you're trying maybe making fun of these phrases, but are you making fun of the are, uh, the Psalms? Is are you loving them? I, is that what I, I'm getting out of this? That, no, no. <laughs> Hedge of protection is a funny phrase, but like the light of my path is like. It's like a psalm. It's like a famous psalm. I mean, it, it's on every coffee mug and you know at a family Christian bookstore. Do they still have those? I think so. Somewhere. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Mardell's. 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 Yeah, I was gonna say it's a small section. The Lord of is a Noble lamp now, to but... my feet and a light to my path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that makes I just yeah. We're but this is all you know spiritual and it doesn't make any sense. So like what we're saying that when decisions come up in our lives that we pray that God would lead us to the correct decision, right? Yeah, or like God's, it's, 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 I think it's more of a conversation about like the proximity of God, like he's near to us and he's directing us. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a there's a, a faith in that. I think if we're going to spin this into like a evangelism conversation, there's, a, there's the strength and the faith in, I just have a full belief that uh, God has my best interest in mind and I don't have to worry about, choosing the right thing all the time we live in a in a world of choices we have more choices now than we've probably ever had before and we live in a world where it feels like if i just make the wrong decision of the thousands of decisions i can make you know my life is going to go off the rails and there's a comfort and a peace to knowing that if i just lean into where i feel like god's leading me then i'm never going to go in the wrong direction it might be uncomfortable it might be painful but it's not going to be wrong yeah Okay, uh, last one, <laughs> and uh, I, <laughs> I have a special affinity for this one. Um, but let's fellowship. <laughs> let's get together and fellowship here, uh, Russell, um, as we're doing right now. So, fellowship, I don't even have a context for outside of church. Th- that word never comes up. But it's literally just like we're just going to get together and hang out, right? Or is yeah. there a? I, I think there might be a, a certain group of people that's like, no, this is deeper than hanging out. This is, you know, there's a spiritual aspect to fellowship. I think the fellowship is like the spirit, yeah, the, like the unity of being in the body kind of thing. So, but it's just a bunch of Christians hanging out. So, but and then that just makes you miss a fellowship hall. You know, like you got to have a hall to fellowship. Yeah. Okay. We did three of those. I uh, hope that we'll continue to improve on those as we go throughout the series. New game this week. New game. It's a it's a variation of two truths and a lie, Russell. Uh, I'm going to give you two country songs and one Christian saying. 
Okay. And, and you got to pull out. This is something that either uh, I've heard in church or I've heard uh, or I've seen on a Christian, you know, Baptist. The, 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 I keep saying Baptist on a on an old church. Uh, you know, when they used to have those like letterboard signs uh-huh. outside churches, you know, something like that. So this is something that just like is a saying. I might have found it online as well, but uh, there's a saying. But there's also two lyrics to country songs in here. And you got to tell me which one is not a lyric in a country song. All right. You got it. OK, got here it. we go. Number one, dust on your Bible leads to dirt in your life. Well, that's definitely a country song. <laughs> Number two, washed in the water, washed in the blood. Also a country song. Number three, there's holes in the floor of heaven. Oh, God. <laughs> what <laughs> translation are we pulling these from? <laughs> uh I'm not. This is. There's no intention of quoting scripture. That might have happened incidentally, but there's no intention of that. Uh, two lyrics from country songs, and one of those is just uh, a phrase. So I just. Ha- oh, so none of these are scripture. I not intentionally. They might. You might find a verse that has. All right. Say them one more time. Okay. First one. Dust on your Bible leads to dirt in your life. Washed in the water, washed in the blood, and there's holes in the floor of heaven. All right. Since it's just phrases. The, f- the first one is the phrase. The first one is the phrase? Yes. You're right. You're correct. The yes, I did. The phrase. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Uh, washed in the Water, Washed in the Blood is a Carrie Underwood song, and There's Holes in the Floor of Heaven is, uh, that's the title of, a I think, Randy Travis maybe, or I don't know, uh, older country song. But congratulations, you did it. You passed the first test. Yes, I did. All right, awesome. Well, we'll get some more feedback on that, see if we're getting better at those. Uh, now that we've hopefully given you a, a chuckle, let's get into our topic today. We're going to be talking about some tools or a specific tool maybe uh, for how to maybe get into these evangelism conversations because here's one thing that I've come to know about maybe this generation or just this time period in life is that there's a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of skepticism in the world. There's a lot of distrust, uh, whether it be because of social media or whether it be because of how we feel about the news today or how we feel about just people in general, relationships, whatever it may be. There's a lot of distrust. There's a lot of skepticism. And so how do we go about building some foundational principles or some ways that we can help to encourage people to share this good news that we have with them that Jesus was who he says he was, that he came to earth, he was the son of God, that he died so that we could experience forgiveness in our life, so that we could experience life, actually. Like like a lot of people don't realize how dead they really are and mm-hmm. internally, um, but they get to experience life. There's a, a peace and a joy and a love that's available to them that's uh, not found in anything in this life and so we want to have the opportunity because we love people to share that with them but it gets met with a lot of skepticism and distrust a lot of times when we don't have a relationship or there are other obstacles in the way so we're going to be talking about this idea of what's called simple evangelism and russell i asked you this earlier but any idea if we've pulled this from somewhere i feel like we should give credit where credit is due i don't think that we just came up with this but i don't know where it's from i don't know I, ha- I don't know where this language comes from. Okay. Well, if you're somebody out there that's coined this phrase and you somehow stumbled upon this podcast, c- thank you for your help. Uh, we are not claiming to be the first ones that came up with the I- idea of simple evangelism, but that's just what we're titling it for, for our purposes. Yeah, and I, we, we might even need to... We might even need to... I, I don't even like the word using the word evangelism anymore. You know what I mean? Like I think we've talked about this before, but maybe not on the podcast. I can't remember, but... 
there's certain words like that. Well, we talked about kind of with the Christianese thing, right? Yeah, there's, yeah. We use evangelism as one of those. Yeah. So yeah. it's like people don't know what it is, and so and also it's like in the in the world now. Not to say that what evangelicals believe are bad, but it's like evangelicalism is in some ways under attack in in, in, in the country, and so. If I can avoid someone uh, stereotyping me based on using, uh, based on the words that I use, and it allows me to have more access because of using being intentional with my language, then I'm probably going to not use the word evangelize. I'm probably going to say, you know, uh, spiritual conversation. But, but for the sake of, you know, what is or the sim- or simple gospel or simple, you know, whatever else it is. Yeah. So. Um, I know there was a book or a song called Simple Gospel, so maybe that's what inspired it, but I don't know. So if yeah. it's if you heard it, thank you. Yeah. You influenced me. I clearly remember you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if we wanted to convert I, simple sharing or something, you know, maybe a word that gets more used in our regular vocabulary. The way I've defined it here is just bringing up how God has been good to you when the chance presents itself in conversation. It's just that simple. It's bringing up how God has been good to you. In when the opportunity presents itself in conversation. And the part of that, the beginning of it, requires you to have an understanding of how God has been good to you. And we were talking about this just before we started recording, but one of the things that's been really apparent to me in throughout our Acts series, as we've been talking about going and sharing in the beginning of the church and how the church got started, uh, and through this podcast series of what is the Great Commission and how do we fulfill it and what happens if we don't, uh, what's been apparent to me is if I'm not regularly connecting with Jesus, if I'm not regularly experiencing God at work in my life, my conversation, my natural tendency will be to go to other things that I am having a regular uh, connection with or that I'm regularly thinking about or something like that. So uh, I love sports and I read about sports. I watch sports. If if I'm not you know, careful, that will dominate my conversation. It gets so easy to talk about sports. You could be really into into politics or you could be really into uh, just a, a certain educational field or your job or whatever it may be, but we have all of these things that uh, dominate our time, maybe our hobbies, whatever that looks like, and it just becomes so easy and so natural to talk about those things that we are spending time connecting with. And so I would just encourage you as we talk about this from the beginning, like from a base level foundational standpoint, it's going to be really difficult for you to, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be difficult for you to be sharing the gospel, for the good news, for you to be going and telling, for you to be sharing how God has been good in your life if you're not regularly being reminded and shown the goodness of God and connecting with him and like reminding yourself of those things that he's been good to you in. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with that. So, and it's, you know, I, I think it is, uh, it's a, it is looking at your life as, um, like being intentional with your life and with your time as well. And, um, as you see God do good things in your life, as you see God show you things, as you see God, uh, transform you more into the image of Jesus, it's like, it's important to not edit that out of your life. Like we talked, uh, our outreach team talked recently about this, like sometimes, like God will be doing something and we'll be learning something. And then when you retell that to someone in your, in your friendship, like we have a natural way of just like editing God out of, of, of our conversations. Maybe it's because we're not sure where the person stands or maybe it's fear where it's opposed of like, if God has like taught you something and when you spent time with him, or if, if you're working through something and you feel like the Lord has been good in this, it's like, he should be the, in some ways, the star of, of the show, you know, 
like don't don't edit out the best thing i think it reminds me of uh i like watching food shows a lot and a lot of food shows will always have like the special ingredient that you're supposed to have uh like it has to be present in the dish and it's almost like uh like and for us as human beings like we need god like we need him in our lives we need his goodness we need his forgiveness his grace his mercy his breath his life he's given all that to us and uh but it's like sometimes in our conversations like we, we edit him out where it's he's not even there yeah, absolutely. And I think a way to encourage us to pursue those conversations, as I'm hearing you say that, like, yes, we mentioned, or I, I was mentioning earlier about the skepticism or the distrust, um, but there is still a search for truth. Uh, I, I think it's it's really difficult as someone who, you know, I'm, I do this myself, uh, as someone who, you know, struggles to recognize what an absolute truth may be. Like, I just, I actually hate absolute words like always never things like that like i just always get a little bristly towards when people like people saying those things but there has to be a truth there has to be a a baseline there has to be something that is true in our lives and if we're always skeptical about everything if we're always distrusting everything out in the world or everything that's told to us like it's going to be it's a really uh chaotic way to live it's a really um like lacks peace in that and so i do think that people are actually searching for truth even if they may be um skeptical of it or they may you know not trust the source um they are searching for truth and so i would just encourage you if you're in that place where you're like I'm just not sure that my friends are going to receive this well I'm just not sure where they stand I I don't know how to bring this up whatever like they at some level are are wondering what the truth about the world is they're wondering about what the truth of after I what happens when I die they're wondering about the mysteries of the universe like they're wondering about all those things at some level um, whether it's subconscious I, I believe that anyway and so I'll just encourage you like even though the culture may be telling us that we um, shouldn't be sharing or that we shouldn't be pressing our beliefs on anybody. Like, people are searching for the truth. And so uh, I just encourage you to go and, and share. Um, I think on top of uh, your connection with God and knowing what it is, how God has been good to you, I think the next kind of base foundational layer is praying. Uh, praying for opportunities to share with someone, praying for opportunities, praying for an individual. Uh, Jesus says or teaches that we should pray for our enemies. And I think what hit the greatest thing that happens when we do pray for our enemies is that we begin to care about them uh, in a different way. And not that we, you know, yeah, there's no care for them before, but like when I'm praying for someone, I begin to want to see what I'm praying for happen in their life. And so when I begin to pray for someone, I begin to care for them in a different way. I begin to want good things for them because I'm praying for those things. I want to see them happen. Uh, I think the same thing happens when we pray for opportunities to share the good news with people, that we begin to also look for those ways. And I think that God is faithful in bringing those opportunities to us and preparing the person's heart for what they're going to hear and maybe that they might respond in a different way to this good news of who Jesus is. And so I would just, as we're beginning this kind of idea of maybe some baseline strategies for how you can grow in sharing your faith, it's A, what's your connection with God look like? How are you connecting with him and understanding how he's been good to you? And B, how are you praying for individuals and how are you praying for opportunities to share your faith with those in your circle? Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to get into a method, mm-hmm. if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I read a book recently. It's called The Bigger Gospel by uh, Caesar. Don't know how to say his last name. Not going to try. <clears throat> Bigger Gospel, first name Caesar. Um, but 
anyway, he the 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 subtitle is learning to speak, live, and enjoy the good news in every area of your life. That's great, and it's it's a short, hundred page book. Uh, the Jake makes fun of me because I read it one. I I did read it in one night. And I and I, that's how I just explained it when I I opened it, delivered it to like a message saying it's a great book I read it last night I was not trying to be arrogant but it came it was, across it was a very subtle humble brag but I was not trying to brag <laughs> still not bragging uh, but but it's a it's a short read and uh, one of the methods in it is it, it one of the big things it has you as it's working through the gospel is it works on the attributes of who who God is because a part of the goodness of God comes. Um, comes out when we uh, when we when we actually see God for who He truly is. So if I understand who God truly is, then then I am um, I'm going to uh, basically embrace that goodness that comes from His character uh, and His goodness. And so um, He has four questions that you kind of work through as you're as you're processing something in your life, and then. Uh, these four questions will the answer to these four questions are things that you can bring up as you're dialoguing about it. So the four questions are: Who is God? What has He done? What is now true of us? And how can uh, how do we get to respond? And so if if you work through like let's say um, let's say you're working through an attribute of God that you that you need to um, let's say you're working through an attribute of God that you've maybe struggled with and it maybe changes your perspective. Then you can go on and share share that with someone else. Uh, so maybe we should try. You want to try that? Yeah, I was just gonna say I, I'm I'm not necessarily lost, but I I have some questions because I'm trying to think about this through the lens of somebody who uh, maybe is just trying to evangelize for the first time or share the good news for the first time. I I gotta I'm working on wiping my wiping my dialogue from some of these words. No, you're good. Um, you're good. But. Uh, so who is God? you're saying an attribute of God? What what do you mean by that? Like like yeah. So let's, I'll just work through this, yeah. right? Okay. So here we go. So who is God? This is straight from the book, by the way. So who is God? A good Father who alone is sovereign. I'm okay. not. Okay, I'm gonna pause you right there. Yep. So I'm gonna I'll be the test subject here. Yep. So I'm struggling to believe that God is a good Father. Yep. Uh, I, I I maybe distrust. Um, you know, hypothetically, I, I distrust my own earthly version of a father, or I don't believe that God has good intentions for me, or you know, whatever it may be. I, I'm struggling to believe that God is a good father. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, 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 who is God? God actually is a good father. Yep. Scripture tells me that God is a good father. Yep. All right. Cool. So, number two, what has what has He done? Okay. So, so yeah. So, uh, I'm having a hard time believing this, but I have seen. God be faithful to me. I may not have a context for what a good father actually is, but it seems like God has done some good things for me. And maybe I need to figure out what those things are, what they mean to me or what a good father, what the criteria of a good father is so that I can, you know, maybe believe that God is a good father. Yeah. 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 And so one of the ways you do is you look at, so you look at, you look at how God, you look at how God is a good father in the scriptures. You look at your, are there t- has there ever been a time in your own life where God has been good in a fatherly way towards you? And then, uh, and then you look through it from necessarily the gospel's perspective. So through, you know, the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, 
how is that also a display of God's good goodness? Yeah, at a baseline, if I have put my faith in this story of the good news, then at a baseline, God has offered his one and only son as a sacrifice so that I could be forgiven of my sins. Yeah. That that is that's a pretty good father. Yeah, and is there ever a time in your life where God's been a good uh, in your life where you could say, "Oh, I've seen the f- the fatherness or the his fatherhood in my life." I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, no, I I hear you. Um Hmm. I think that in some ways, uh, as I am beginning to study what being a good father is in my own life as I'm about to become a father, um, I am trying to figure out what those attributes are. And I think so uh, it's, it's timely that we're actually using this example for me because I'm trying to think through like, what is, what are the attributes of God that I would attribute to him being a father? You yeah. know, like what, like the way that he cares for you, the way that he uh, promises to not let you uh, maybe just fall into corruption. I think, I think here's the one that um, maybe stands out to me is that God has at different times um, revealed to me or, or, or convicted me of certain sin in my life okay. uh, that it wasn't um, necessarily here, here's 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 why I say that's a good attribute of a father because uh, sin leads to death and destruction and so uh, God in his loving fatherly way convicting me of sin is basically telling me hey son this is a path that's going to lead you to yeah. depression and anxiety and death and destruction. And I want you to lead a path that is holy and good and leads to love and joy and peace. Yeah. So you've seen his correction in, in a positive way leading right. you to life. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So then you look at this idea of, so we know who God is. God is a good father. You've seen it in the scriptures. We didn't talk a ton about that, but he's created, he's creator. He made you all these different things uniquely designed you. Um, you've seen him true and, correction and then you've seen him uh like love you and bring you back to him by the offering of his son so now the third question is so what is now true of us so what's true of you based on the fact that he is a good father and you've seen him uh do things in your life uh it feels like a very opening question i would say i guess uh, maybe i should uh, I'm trying to think of like where you want me to go with this. Maybe instead of like actually just answering it, the first thing that came to mind was like, well, I'm a son because <laughs> yeah, he's a I good mean, father. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm loved uh, because he you know, lovingly corrects me and leads me to good things um, that I'm, I'm cared for. I'm, I'm protected in a sense uh, that God has a, has a will for my life that he, you know, as a father, he wants, wants good things for me. Um, yep. I guess those, those would be the things I would say would be true because of that. Yeah, so it's like a lot of identity. So like your loved, your loved son, you're well provided for, you're co-heirs with Christ, and you're part of a big family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, so after that, so now there's true things about you. So then, how how do you get to respond based off of that? Yeah, so I get to respond. So in my specific example, uh, I now get to respond in obedience to walking a path of life. I get to respond in a way that, uh, you know, I turn from the, the sin that was in my life to pursue uh, holiness. That's going to lead me to good things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. So uh, I'm going to do a recap from, so we did that with Jake and that again, you're, you're hearing us tease this out. This is the first time I've actually like tried to communicate this out loud mm-hmm. to someone. This is the first time Jake's actually 
walk through these questions. Okay. So uh, I'll, I'll do the example and just read kind of the answers from the book. So who is God? He's a good father who owns it all and is super generous to us. Okay. Uh, what has he done? This is question two. Uh, so in the Bible, he's provided uh, on, uh, he provided for Adam and Eve, even after they sinned, he gave Israel manna and water and food as they needed. God provided his own son on the cross. Uh, in the writer's own life, he provided for family's need after he was laid off. He moved uh, someone. Uh, he mo- he moved someone to anonymously buy us a new refrigerator uh, once they had died. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you're like kind of in a season too, where you're seeing God provide in your own and right as well, Jake. But uh, then through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus willingly gave His life in place of mine. The ultimate provision He gave us His Spirit. And so, what's now true of us? Dearly loved sons and daughters, well provided for, co-heirs with Christ, part of a big family. How do we respond? We can be generous in giving and meeting others' needs. We can trust God with, uh, with our finances and get uh, and needs, even those that are unforeseen. So you see, I mean, like it, it's a process. To it, I would call this almost like a recentering exercise. And so, really, and there's um, there's a guy I know that said like most sin issues or most issues in our lives are caused by lies that we believe about God. A.W. Tozer says, you know, what you what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So if we get who God is right, um, it will help us. It will help us process and work through to getting getting who we are right. Mm. That's kind of that's kind of the, the paradigm there. And so that's why knowing who God is and the attributes of God is so huge. Also, it's a way for for you to. Um, it's a way for you to know yourself better. Now, I will say this: the so you you can you can have spiritual conversations and talk about the character of God. You can start that way if you've seen God move that way. I think the easier way to do it is actually the reverse of these questions. So you start with, "How did I respond?" I'll do it this time just for sake of time. So I got angry at my daughter yesterday, and I this is not a true example, but this could be a true example. I got angry at my daughter yesterday, and I yelled at her instead of talking kindly to her. Okay? Now, what is true of me? Well, I, I am imperfect, and I can do unkind things. Um, and sometimes I don't uh, always do what is right. Love my daughter as well as I could. That's true. That's true of me, right? But... I've also been forgiven, but I've also uh, have been transformed, and God has continued to show His 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 grace in my life, and continues to show, show a difference in that. What has He done? Well, well, Jesus has forgiven me, like, and He has uh, He has been kind to me when I have made mistakes. And 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 who is God? He is a good Father who uh, is patient with me, who is kind with me, who is slow to anger. And so, therefore, I'm going to be I'm going to be slower to 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 being anger angry with my daughter as well. That's what I'm going to go forward. So, now, what does that look like in a practical conversation? Do you really like go through all four questions and like that? No, it could be something like this. It, you're you're th- you're throwing the line out. Imagine you're fishing, right? It's called to be fishers of men, fishers of people. So you're throwing the, you're casting the line out to see what's going to happen. So you're you're sitting there, you're talking to someone you don't know, or maybe you know them well. And you say to him, hey, you know, like you're talking about, how, how's your day going? Oh, it's going all right, man. I was really, I was really rude to my daughter. Like I, I just shouldn't have been that, con- I was just super rude to my daughter. But then you know what? Um, I realized, one, I don't want to be that kind of dad. 
uh, and I realize that I make mistakes, uh, but I also realize that I have a heavenly Father who, who is gracious with me, who is kind to me, who shows me what what being a father should look like. And so I went and apologized to my daughter, uh, and then I also just kind of lived in the freedom and the grace that God has God has given me. Now that person right there, they might engage and be like, oh, "That's interesting. They want to talk more." You might have opened the door. What also might have happened is they will ignore you and move on, and you take whatever you get. You know what I mean? So if they engage, you keep having more dialogue and maybe you continue to bring stuff like that up. And if they don't engage, you, you just move on. Yeah. I love it. So again, bringing up how God has been good to you when the chance presents itself in conversation. It's really what we're going for. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I think the, the, so the questions that you're, you're talking about there are, are great. It's a great process for how to understand how God has been good to us in specific situations, which allow us to then bring those conversation, bring those situations up in conversation. Yeah. So the first one, the, the first order of it, I, th- I could say you could u- almost do it as a discipline in the morning mm-hmm. to start with where you're like, I'm going to work through all of the attributes of God that I know mm-hmm. and so that I can reclarify and make sure I know who I am. The second one would be more so as you evaluate your life, maybe you have a Kairos moment, maybe you, you, you don't respond a certain way. Uh, it could allow you to open up opportunities for you to acknowledge the goodness of God and then bring it to a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so one more time. Uh, those four questions, if you want to do it the, the original way, is who is God? What has he done? What is now true of us? How do we get to respond? And then if you want to flip it, it's how did I respond? What is true of us? What has he done? And then who is God? Yep. Uh, and that's how we kind of process those things. Uh, okay. Uh, Russell, any, any other strategies or anything else you want to get to? I, and this, this might be too complicated. You could simplify it even more and just, you could just talk. I mean, I think that question of how has God been good to you, you know, or how, uh, another one of our people on our average team, how has, how has the gospel been like practically good in your life or something like that? I think that's how they say it. Yeah. How's it been good to you lately? Functionally good to you lately. And, yeah. but it's like, if you're like, I, I use this example often. If you, if you struck like for me, I need like simple phrases or simple truths that help me recenter. And so when, and not recenter, like in a, like a Eastern spiritual sort of way, like recenter on Christ. And so like when I'm stressed out, I have some thoughts that help me like recenter. And, and if I'm going to be vulnerable with people around me, one of the things I can do is I can say, Hey, like, Hey, this was going on yesterday. And I prayed and God reminded me of this verse and it really helped me. Do you have something like that? Do you have something like that that helps you when you're stressed, when you're angry, when you're sad? That's not the four questions. It's a different approach. It's just going, this is how this is how God's been good to me when I feel like a failure. And God reminds me of like, no, I like I, you're loved. When I feel like, uh, you know, I'm a church, I planted a church. And when I feel like I, a failure in that, sometimes I, I genuinely do. And, or like, you know, we want to, you want to grow faster. What else it is? And it's like, God reminds me of a verse, um, you know, I will build my church. He, he's the one that's going to build his church. So stuff like that, where it's like, if something sticks out to you, like in your morning devotional time, or when you're spending time with the Lord, that's the stuff that you can like, don't edit that. Don't edit it out. Don't leave it out. Like bring it into just everyday conversation. Yeah, that's really good. And it, Again, uh, not to you know overemphasize this point. I, I don't know. If, I don't think that's actually possible. But again, it just comes from 
you know, that regular practice of connecting with God, of going through, if it's these questions or just your time with the Lord, and maybe it's something that you read in scripture, maybe it's a song that you listen to, whatever it may be, like, how are you connecting with the, with God on a regular basis that reminds you of his goodness? Uh, I also think about it like this, and we'll kind of wrap up with this as kind of the last point here, but uh, throughout this, I've been thinking about uh, just the, the baseline of relationship. So uh, that is a key part of all of this is probably like, what is your relationship like with that person? Um, you may have a hard time getting past some exterior shell uh, if it's just somebody that you've just met. Like, like I think about this, what you were just talking about, Russell, with just how uh, someone might be struggling with something and your response is like, well, uh, you know, hey, like what's your, what do you regularly do? You know, you're, you're feeling anxious or you're, you're struggling with that. You're, you're experiencing this going on in your life. You know, what's your regular response to that? Oh, okay. Well, like, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know if this is helpful or not, but when I, when I experience things like that, I, I, uh, like my faith is a big part of my life and, and I just believe that God, you know, X, Y, Z, you just fill in the blank with, you know, what's what, how God's been good there. And if it's somebody that you've maybe never met, that might be like, a um, I don't know, they're not to plant unneeded fear or, you know, anxiety about this conversation, but it could be something that they just blow off or they're just like, you know, whatever, like I've, I've tried the church thing and I, that didn't work for me, whatever. Like, but I think again, we go back to this idea of like, this happens in relationship and it's the long game. And so, uh, as that person maybe witnesses you or is around you more often and they see that peace actually coming around you or they see certain things. I remember, um, my, my wife at, uh, the school that she works at, there was a conversation that she was having with a coworker at one point where the coworker was just like, you, your room just seems peaceful, which is hard to do when it's filled with like eight year olds, <laughs> you know, but it's like, because she took that as an opportunity to share. This is where I find my peace. This is why I feel at peace is because I have this, uh, this good father who is looking out for me and uh, you know, that I love and who loves me. And, um, so, so you have those opportunities where it's like, you know, somebody could, might just, you, you might share that and they might bristle at it or they might disagree or think it's silly or whatever, but maybe over time they also get to experience that come out in the way that you live your life in different settings. And it might start to click for them that way. And so uh, I would just encourage you it's all about relationships. It's all about continuing the process, not being like overly pushy or something like that, but just being honest and truthful, not editing your conversations and yep. continuing the long game and knowing that, look, I might just be planting seeds along the way. I might just be mentioning these things along the way and they might completely ignore them or even be uh, offended by them in some way, but I I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. I love that. And I, you know, I didn't have time. I, I wanted to bring this up, but I, we maybe we can talk, maybe, maybe I'm at another podcast to this, but I want to work through a list of things of like an order of maybe how you have a spiritual conversation with someone. You could, you could start anywhere along the way, but like, what if you just started with like, Hey, I want to, let me just start with the idea of like, Hey, do you believe that there's a God? Right. Yeah. No. Right. I, you know what I'm saying like, what's the order of having these conversations? And if I have several of these and they're short, right. These little truths that we get to, and I move along, along through them. What do I like? How can we navigate that where it's almost like, Hey, here's 10, here's 10 truths that are very simple that you can work through. And then, and it might take you, you know, a year to get through all of them. It might take you five years, it might take you 10 with prayer and uh, just faithfulness to, to, to sharing the good news. 
but maybe we can sort through that next week or something like that. That's yep. a continuation of the simple gospel. Yeah, continuation. I've got some thoughts on some ways that, or some just general questions that people have, you know, and without even making it a Christian viewpoint of something, just how can we bring up uh, thoughts on, you know, the end of the world or stuff like that that can lead the conversation back to a spiritual place. So yeah, we'll continue this series. Uh, we'll get back to some of these topics next week. Uh, thanks so much for checking this episode out. We love you all. Come back next Thursday. We'll again be continuing this conversation. Thank you, Russell, for joining us. And uh, yeah, thank you to the listener. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have three community groups that meet every other Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.